the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weather forecast. I'm Andy Robb for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Ken's riding along with me today. We're we're on the airwaves, baby. We're coming into your ear bones. So open up wide and listen because I'm hot and I'm upset today. Oh, my God. By the oh, way, what's on your mind today, Doc? Oh, my God, Ken. The, the virus, uh, the, the Afghanistan situation, the, the environment, the, the, the economy. I mean, everything. By the way, Ken brought up this ivermectin thing again. I wish that people would get over this ivermectin. That's a uh, anti worm medication yeah i've been reading everywhere that people are going to their doctors and they're you know asking for this stuff so oh it's craziness and it's in the study that came out last year uh which was done in in uh, vitro which is not in a live human being but in the lab uh showed that uh it takes 10 times the dose to uh inhibit the um the virus and god knows it's probably killing the cells <laughs> before the virus is <laughs> And, and that uh, you can't get a high enough blood level to get any significant amount into your lungs to have any effect. And they even tested this in cattle. And so, you know, cattle are going to take a lot bigger dose. Now, this stuff is, is not, uh, it's not, not to be taken lightly. These are, these are drugs that if you take them in too high a dose can cause damage. Now, the FDA, whether you like them or not, uh, has come out and said repeatedly, don't take it, don't use it, it's dangerous, it doesn't work. Take it from Dr. Bill. It doesn't work. There's no data out there that shows that it does anything. So what are you supposed to do, Ken? Believe your doctor. That's what you're supposed to do. You go get a vaccine. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, well, that's the simplest solution, isn't it? Yeah. We, we've got to mandate vaccinations. That's, that's all there is to it. I mean, listen, I am extremely conservative, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to public health, we have a commitment to ourselves and to each other, and we have to demand that uh, universal vaccination is implemented across the country. This is an unusual situation. It's an unusual circumstance. It's a you know it's a once in a hundred year event. And uh, you may say, well, I don't believe in vaccines. You know what? I don't care what you believe in. This is not about your, uh, your religion. It's not about your emotions. This is science. This is science. And this is not, not just your survival. This is my survival. And, you know, it's an existential event for the health community, as, as I was telling Ken before. St. Pete General, our little hospital, you know, on Friday, we had 46 COVID patients in the hospital. I mean, we're, you know, we average about 80 to 90 patients a, a, a day. We're licensed maybe for 120. Um, and we probably could ramp up if we had the personnel and, and, and fit 200 people in the hospital. Ken, we don't have the personnel. We do not have the personnel. What's uh, the ratio of um, vaccinated to non-vaccinated in your hospital right now with people with the 
COVID. They're all unvaccinated. Every one of them are unvaccinated. We have no vaccinated patients in the hospital. We had one patient uh, a couple of weeks ago who really didn't need to be in the hospital, but they were scared. So we put them in overnight and sent them home the next day. There wasn't anything wrong with them. You know, their oxygen saturations were okay. They didn't have a high fever. Uh, their lungs were clear. They didn't have pneumonia. And, uh, you know, the, some of the problem with this is, and, and it's a problem too for doctors, is you can examine a patient who has a pretty healthy case of, of the COVID virus and their lungs sound clear. And then you do an x-ray and they've got diffuse pneumonia. I mean, it's just not, it's just not what uh, doctors and nurses are used to seeing and treating. But those of us who are in the critical care business and see these people every day and know what's going on, you know, we've, we can tell you we have an existential crisis in our healthcare system. I was talking with Sharon, one of the nurses, uh, yesterday, and she was uh, complaining that she couldn't keep up that she had four or five patients in the intensive care unit. Generally, we only have two or three given to a nurse because of the uh, intense care that's required, Ken. You gotta think about all the IV drips that are going, the antibiotics, if they're on a ventilator, uh, you've, you've got to clean their butts, you've got to wipe their noses, uh, they have to be rolled so they don't get bed sores. And it's a, it's a lot of work for, for a nurse to take care of two or three ICU patients who are really sick. Now, you give them two more, and they're overwhelmed. And you say, well, why don't you just get more nurses? We ain't got no nurses. There are no more nurses. There's a shortage of nurses in this crisis. What are we going to do? Um, you know, I, I offered to help and do whatever I can, but... Uh, you know, they, they need me for other things. They need me to read echocardiograms. We can't have you on bedpan duty, you know what I mean? You can't have me on bedpan duty because, you know, it's a waste of a resource. And you can say, well, you know, you're being arrogant, Doc. No, I'm not. I'm just I'm just a tool. I'm just, you know, but you got to use your tool. You don't use a hammer to screw something into the wall. Exactly. You use a screwdriver, yeah. right? That's, I mean, that's right. So what, what's, are we short nurses because people just aren't going into the nursing program anymore, or are they just burned out in ICU work and have gone in other fields? I think there's a combination of things, uh, and, and we've lost some people to the virus, too, you know, yeah. uh, and we've lost some nurses who say, well, I'm not going to work in an environment where I might get, get the virus, and I'm not taking the vaccine because I don't want it to interfere with my reproductive organs or some Does nonsense. it do that? I didn't know it did, I didn't know it did that. It doesn't. It's it's all nonsense. I'm not taking a live vaccine. It's not live. I'm allergic to eggs. There's no eggs in the manufacture of the mRNA vaccines. None whatsoever. None. This is not, it's not anything like the flu vaccine. It's not anything like the tetanus, typhoid, measles, mumps vaccines. It's a completely different uh, approach to vaccination. It's all brand new. These are just little snippets of genetic material that are in, uh, injected into you, go into your dendritic cells, and your dendritic cells start the process of manufacturing the spike protein, which is then presented to the T and B lymphocytes, and they make the antibodies to it. It doesn't have anything to do with eggs, embryos, uh, live viruses. The Johnson & Johnson is a live attenuated virus, but it's not the COVID virus. And um, we don't give that much anyway because uh, it's just not that popular right now. But the, the, the Pfizer and the Moderna, they're just little snippets of, 
of the messenger RNA. That's all they are. They can't get into your DNA. They can't alter your genetics. But you know what we're seeing, Ken? And we've had a couple of people like this. Young women who had refused to get the vaccine because they thought it would interfere with their reproductive organs. And guess what? They're late pregnancy. They get the virus. They drop their oxygen saturation levels too low. And guess what happens to the babies? Imagine the, the babies go away. The babies are dead. They're yeah. stillborn babies. And we've had a couple of those already. Uh, I mean, are you crazy? Do you not want to live? Do you not want your children to live? Do you think that Dr. Bill's lying to you about this? Why would I lie? Seems to me there are two things that people say that as, using as an excuse for not getting the virus. Number one. Not being fully approved by the FDA. That's about to happen on some of these, I think, is it not? That's true, but that's nonsense. You know, they're, they're, they don't understand how studies work. You got phase one, two, three, four, five, and the, the, the phase three is done. And so we had the emergency approval. Now, phase four and five are the aftermarket, so they are the reports that come out uh, from doctors and health departments to say what kind of side effects and what kind of uh, 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 problems there have been with the vaccines. The you know the have there been any deaths? Have there been any serious allergic reactions and that sort of thing? So that then the numbers can be compiled by the epidemiologists and they can say, well, this is as safe as any other vaccine. We already got those numbers. We've got those numbers. Why hasn't the FDA approved it? That's a good question. Why not? Because they're a government agency. <laughs> okay. Well, no. Says it all, Doc. Yeah. They're, they're not going to get out of bed and, and do any emergency work right now. What do they care? <laughs> I mean, the vaccine is out there, and it's an existential event for the healthcare community. And uh, Well, the other, the other thing I think people use as an excuse for not getting it, well, look at all these cases that are popping up. It doesn't work. But that's not true. It is working. As long as you don't die, it's working. It's working like crazy, and I, and I've got. If you look on the uh, on Facebook and YouTube, I've got the little graph that the Kaiser Family Foundation put together last week. I think I showed it last week too. That the number of breakthrough uh, uh, virus people with virus who have been fully vaccinated, the percentage of people with the Delta virus, it's one percent or less, and nobody has died. Nobody has died from the who has been fully vaccinated and no hospitalizations to speak of. So this is just utter, complete BS. And it's got to stop. And, you know, we, we need a president that's going to stand up and, and, and do something. This guy's not doing anything, Ken. He's just he's he's talking about masks. We don't need masks. We need mandatory vaccination. The kids have to get vaccinated for everything else to go to school. <laughs> Make them get vaccinated for the COVID. It's approved. You know, it's approved for down to six-year-olds. I, I thought it was just 12. Well, it's down to six now. Huh? Okay. Well, it's 12. It's, uh, you know, the FDA said 12 and up. But we already know, we've got the data that we can do six years to 12 years safely. We've already got that. But we're holding off, and God knows why. God knows why. I don't know why the FDA is moving so slowly. Um, it, it would be reasonable in a normal situation for them to move slowly. But this is not a normal situation. This is not, this is a unique. This is a 100-year event. You know what this I mean? is a 100-year event. This is a hurricane. This is a Category 5 hurricane. 
And you better get on high ground. And high ground means vaccinations. And there's just nothing else that works. So will, that, will this cycle just keep repeating itself until everybody, or at least we get to the, the so-called herd immunity? Will it just keep coming back and back and back and we'll see these surges all the time? Well, the problem is, is that if you don't have a rapid herd immunity, then you're going to have the virus uh, spread. And as it spreads, it's going to mutate. And as it mutates, uh, the spike protein will eventually become uh, resistant to the antibodies that we are making. And so what we have to do is get everybody vaccinated all at the same time. You know, we did this with polio back in the 1950s. We did it with the oral Sabin vaccine. <clears throat> You're too young to remember that. But we all had to go to school on a Sunday, the whole country. And we figured about 80, 85 percent of the families would cooperate and do that. And we all lined up and we all got a sugar cube with a drop of the Sabin oral polio vaccine, which was a live weakened polio virus. And guess what? On Monday and Tuesday, we all had a mild case of polio. You know? <laughs> and, and so we were all coughing on the kids that didn't show up. So guess what? About 95% of the country, whether they wanted it or not, they got vaccinated. And we wiped out polio. We wiped it out. And the only time I have, I have seen polio as an adult physician is when stupid parents don't get their kids vaccinated and uh, they're exposed to a wild virus through travel or whatever. So it's the, the, these are these are difficult times and they require difficult measures. By the way, by the way, now the FDA has said they're approving, but they don't have a plan yet. Uh, booster doses, and they're saying wait eight to nine months after you've had your second dose. Dr. Bill has made the decision. As you recall, I decided not to have vaccine in the office earlier in the year because of the uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the ubiquitous uh, dosages. I mean, they were all over the place. There was really no reason for me to do it, and you could go get it free at Publix or walmart or you know joe blow down on the corner will give it to you but uh i've decided i've ordered a few hundred doses of both the pfizer and the moderna and we're going to start giving booster shots so i will let everybody know when we're set up to do that now the wife is mad at me so you what, gotta it's a problem oh she doesn't want she, it's too much work for her <laughs> you know? too many people come in the office <laughs> yeah plus it's paperwork you know you oh yeah stuff you have to put it online and she said we're not going to get paid well actually um the the medicare and the private insurers are allowing us to charge forty dollars uh, for the administration of the vaccine so what this will entail is you'll have to come to the office uh, you'll have to fill out the little form because i have to report all this online and um, we'll give you your card or bring your card with you so we can add it to the bottom uh, you know, your little vaccine card that you got when you went and got vaccinated. Sure. Remember that? Mm -hmm. that little CDC card? So you need to bring that with you, and we'll put the, the dosage and the lot number and all that and the date and sign it for you. And then you'll have to stay 30 minutes because if you have an allergic reaction, we need to be be able to get to you and give you some uh, some adrenaline and some Benadryl and all the other things that we use. So, so just like the first shot you got, there'll be no difference really. Yeah, it's no different. It'd be no different. And and you'll probably have a reaction, uh, which is good. Now, you say, well, I think I'm immune. You know what? I got both doses. 
and I had a really good reaction. I mean, I was sick for a couple of days after the second dose, and the wife and I checked our uh, antibody levels last week. I don't have any detectable levels, Ken. Does that mean that I'm not going to mount a response? No. My immune system will remember uh, the uh, spike protein, and if I come in contact with it, which obviously I have because I'm working in the ICU and working around COVID patients all day, uh, it will ramp up. My T cells will ramp up and make, make the antibody. Now, will I get sick? Well, I might have a little cold, you know, but I'm not going to die. I'm not going to be in the hospital. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and get the, the booster shot and, and get my levels back up a little bit because who knows what's coming down the road? Delta, gamma, beta, I don't know. What other? Lambda. I've been hearing about lambda. Are we up to L already? Are we up to L already? <laughs> when we get to omega, it's all over, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really getting, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get really militant about this. I'll probably get in trouble, but you know what? Come on, lock me up. See if I care. I don't care if you, you come and get me for giving booster shots before the FDA approves of it. I don't think anybody's going to bother me, Ken. Probably not. They're, they're on the cusp, like you said, they're on the cusp of, of doing it anyway. So, but what, do you, what do you think makes people want to listen to the internet, but not a doctor like you? That's what I can't figure out. They're taking, they're saying, well, this is you can't trust uh, the FDA, can't trust all these science people. I'll just take my information off the internet. How? Who are you trusting there? I don't get it. I don't see the logic in that at all. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And the things that I hear, and, and, and from doctors, too. I mean, doctors, the misinformation they have. One of our surgeons, she said, well, CNN said 15% of the Delta viruses were uh, in people who had been fully vaccinated. I'm like, Kay, where are you hearing this? Shit? CNN? CNN? <laughs> what, since when is CNN a scientific resource they're not a they don't do research they don't practice medicine they don't give shots they don't go to the icu and treat people no you give them a call and say something they'll put it on tv that's about it as far as they take it you know what you know what and people say we're in this together i don't see you in the icu with me (laughs) i don't don't see you over there helping me out well he he didn't say everybody's on the front lines together they just said we're all in this together we're in this together you're on the front lines Kumbaya, yeah, come on, give me a break. Oh, <laughs> I got to do, Ken. I don't so know. we've it, been screaming, we've been screaming about this since the day they released the vaccine. I don't know what else we can do. And you know, so we've got COVID nineteen vaccine in women of childbearing age. The uh, the healthcare uh, organizations, including the American College of Obstetric and Gynecology, uh, the uh, FDA, the CDC. Um, the Healthcare Corporation of America has put out a statement, which I'm looking at now. If you are a woman of childbearing age, go get vaccinated. Because <laughs> if you get this while you're in late pregnancy and you end up on a ventilator, your baby's not going to make it. They're not going to get enough oxygen. And so, uh, you know, we can save the mother, perhaps, but the babies are gone. So you've done nine months of hard work. Uh, you, you've been uh, a, a real soldier in the campaign to reproduce and keep our population. Yeah, you, g- you gave up the cigarettes, you gave up the caffeine, the caffeine, you gave up the alcohol to have this baby, and now what? You wait didn't take the vaccine. Wait, wait a minute. Back up. 
<laughs> Which one? <laughs> the alcohol? Do I have to give it up? Or, or you talk, oh, the no, mother. I'm talking about the woman, the mother, yes. Oh, okay. I, no, I was, as a dad, you can drink as much as you want. <laughs> you got me worried. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. So you give this stuff up, and, and you say, well, I don't want that poison in my body. What poison? I don't, it's going to change my genetics. No, it's not. It's not DNA, it's RNA. DNA is what defines your genetics. RNA is just, uh, it's just like a, a messenger that carries a, a program from one part of the cell to another and tells it to do something else. That's all it is. It can't get back into your nucleus. It can't interfere with your DNA. And people say, well, I don't know the difference between DNA and RNA. DNA is the material, the genetic material that defines what we are, what our cells are, what color our eyes are, our brain size, you know, everything that, that we think of as being genetically determined, our phenotype, our, what we look like, what we are. The RNA is just a little messenger that takes information from the nucleus, from the DNA, and sends it out to the plasma where proteins are made from what the RNA is encoded to, to tell the cell to do. So we're just injecting a little bit of RNA into your cell, not into your nucleus. It's not going into your, into your basic genetic makeup. It's just going out into, into the factory. And the factory's making the little spike protein, which it sticks out on its cell membrane, and that stimulates an immune response. So for God's sakes, for God's sakes, I was in the pharmacy yesterday at the hospital, and one of the pharmacy techs, he hadn't taken the vaccine. I said, are you crazy? I mean, he said, well, I'm young and healthy. Uh, yeah, right. <clears throat> what's what's just terribly sad is reading these stories on the Internet, the people who have been, you know, fiercely anti-vaxxing, at least, at least with this particular vaccine, and then get it and are in the hospital pretty much on their deathbed begging everybody else to get the vaccine and kicking themselves for not doing it. So read some of those stories and then tell me you still don't want the vaccine. I got a patient, Henry, and uh, he's been with me, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Nice guy, uh, not the brightest lamp on the block, but a good guy. And, uh, you know, he's tried to be a good patient. It's not easy for a lot of us to be good patients, Ken. You know that. I know. Uh, you know, even doctors are terrible patients. It's, uh, it's hard to get, get them to follow the regimen. But, but that's just human nature. So at any rate, Henry said, oh, no, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I, you know, I don't believe in it. It's a, it's a government conspiracy or some nonsense. Henry ain't going to make it. Really? He's in the ICU in bed seven, and he is on to his deathbed. And he was, you know, not uh, not extremely unhealthy, high blood pressure, a little diabetes, but uh, he was doing reasonably well. We had him under control. He's about my age. He's in his 70s. He's toast. Yeah, that's sad. It's bad. It's I, sad. Know. And everybody, would get, how, how many lives could we have saved, do you think, already, if everybody would have gotten the vaccine? Oh, hundreds of thousands. Well, hey, by the way, look at look at, at Vietnam. So I'm talking with one of the nurse practitioners, nurse anesthetists in the, in the lunchroom. Uh, she's one of our regulars, and uh, we talk all the time. By the way, she escaped from Vietnam in the late 70s when she was four years old, her family uh, snuck out on a boat and they drifted until some Indonesian uh, fishermen picked them up and uh, then they were in refugee camps and eventually worked their way over the United States and 
she's become very successful, a nurse. Now she's a nurse anesthetist. She probably makes as much money as I do, which, of course, really scrogs me. But, <laughs> you know, but, you know, good for her. So she still has family in, in Vietnam. Of course, she had family that was killed after the fall of uh, Saigon because they were fighting for the South uh, Vietnamese or they were in the South Vietnamese government. She had family that was in prison. And so she knows the whole story, and she still has family over there, and she speaks fluent Vietnamese, and, and they write back and forth. Guess what percentage of Vietnam has been vaccinated? Um, well, they're, I would say probably almost 90% because they can order that. 2%. 2%. 2% of the population has received the vaccine. Why? Guess what? Because, well, because it's a socio-fascist state. You think, do you think that the government in Hanoi really understands or cares or has the ability to mobile? I mean, it's all so corrupt. Uh, there are people that are giving, that are selling vaccines that are just placebo. Oh. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. And another situation where we walked out after having done half a job. We'll get into that later. Yeah, let's, well, yeah, no kidding. There seems to be a lot of that going around. I'm hot about that, too. So at any rate, so now in Ho Chi Minh City, which was formerly Saigon, now they named it after Ho Chi Minh, the Great Liberator. <laughs> right, so now they're still a third-world country because we walked out without staying there and making sure that they uh, – they were stabilized, and the country was united. At any rate, so they're locking down the whole city. So they're, they've got mass hysteria. People are lining up for blocks to buy food and supplies because the government's saying you're going to have to stay home. And they've got to, they've got troops deployed in Ho Chi Minh City, and they said, we'll bring food to you. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you trust that. <laughs> and so – all these people are out, and and, and of course, they may or may not have on a mask, and it doesn't really matter because once you step into a store where somebody has coughed and they're gone for five or ten minutes, there's still virus lingering there. So this whole hysteria to lock down the city, and this is the same crap we see with the Democrats here, is doing nothing but spreading the virus faster because you're, you're making people congregate together in hysteria to get goods and supplies. So there's, there's just, uh, there's, there's an, there's a whole, um, backward approach to this. And, you know, we really need somebody in charge who is, uh, a field commander and not some researcher from the basement of the, of the allergy and immunology department at the center for disease control. You know, we need, we, uh, Ken, you don't get a guy from the basement of the Pentagon who's been doing research on food supply chains and put him in charge of a field command in Iraq. Correct, it, correct yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Fauci hadn't seen a sick patient in decades. He He's probably never practiced medicine. So you, think, so, a, so you think a mandate's really the way to go? Huh? We've got no other choice. We have no other choice. We have to have a mandate. And I'm hearing that more and more from those who I consider informed and intelligent. And, you know, you can say, well, the adults are going to rebel against that. But we can mandate the kids. I mean, we already do. We sure. mandate they have vaccines before they go to go to school or they can't go to school. OK, let's mandate the uh, COVID as part of the of the uh, of the uh, regimen that they have to go through to get into school every year. 
okay, that's a place to start. So they're great little vectors, you know, because they all have snotty noses and cough all over each other. That's true. And guess where they bring it? It's a live Petri dish over there, isn't it? Yes, and then they bring it home. And, and that's good. I mean, they need to be exposed to each other's viruses so they get immunity. And, you know, this is part of the uh, this is part of the way you make a democracy work is you, you mix everybody together and, you know, you throw in a little chocolate and vanilla and some spices, a little sugar, and uh, and you stir it and cook it. And you come out with something that's a little more homogenous and a little stronger. And that's the way it should work. But... I don't think that our leadership has that uh, perspicacity or acumen to understand what needs to be done and how to do it. I really don't. And I, I think that we really, I, I, I hate to say this because I, I respect the office of the presidency, but there's something bad wrong with this guy. He just is not hitting on all eight cylinders. Well, we, we saw that from, the, I think, the response to Afghanistan, really. Oh, we're going to get into that after the break, all right? Yeah, I'm, but speaking of the break, it is time, sir. It sounds like you got a call coming in. There's somebody on the phone. I'll take the call, and you do what you got to do. All right, man, I'm going to go grab a, a cup of joe. I'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Henri has weakened slightly to a tropical storm this morning, but is still packing winds of up to 75 miles per hour in some places. As it is closer to landfall in southern New England, millions of people on New York's okay, Long Island best and throughout New England are bracing for flooding, down trees, you all right? yeah, power outages. In the, Providence and COVID. Bedford, they have closed the giant hurricane barriers built there in the 1960s. This is the first time a hurricane is going to make landfall in the region in quite some time. The British military says seven Afghan civilians have been killed in a panicked crush of people today trying to enter Kabul's international airport. The deaths happened amid the chaos of those fleeing the Taliban takeover of the country. A group of fighters opposing the Taliban's rule battled today against the insurgents in the mountains and valleys north of Kabul. This is SRN News. You Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser. Doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well 
Allen is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID, 12828-31, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. If 2020 taught us anything, it's you can't predict the future. No daily horoscope or full moon is going to determine your path of success. At National Aviation Academy, you can learn to work on and maintain aircraft in as little as 14 months. Call 800-659-2080 or visit wingmenwanted.com. A fortune cookie can't predict your future, but you can control your destiny. Visit wingmenwanted.com. For more information about our statistics, visit naa.edu slash consumer dash information. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Sunshine and clouds today with a thunderstorm in the afternoon in spots, a high 92. Following an evening thunderstorm, clouds tonight low 81. Monday, cloudy with an afternoon thunderstorm, high 89. Tuesday, clouds and sunshine with a high 89. Wednesday, high 93. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Andy Robb for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. Took a little break there and grabbed a cup of Joe. Checked out the uh, the men's room, too, while we were out about. <laughs> well, it's working well. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> So uh, now for those of you who are watching live streaming on uh, Facebook, YouTube, or whatever uh, venue I'm on, which I'm still not sure what all I'm on, <laughs> at any rate, um, I've got a picture of uh, a man whose name is Khalil al-Rahman, and he's preaching in Kabul to a bunch of Taliban, and guess who he is? Uh, I have no idea. Who is he? 
He is one of the big leaders of the Taliban in Afghanistan, who we have a $5 million reward on his head for. He's a criminal, <laughs> a thug, and a mass murderer, and we've got, <laughs> we've got five, or we had, I guess Biden has probably dropped that, and, and now he's just out on the street preaching. Uh, I've, I have seen a few things messed up the way this Afghanistan withdrawal has been messed up. Listen, there's, you know, did you see uh, and hear, I think it was on Fox or one of the channels, woman crying uh, because uh, she, her husband was shot and killed trying to get into the airport and she's scared to death and kids are being handed off from one person to another to try to save them and get them on a plane and uh, the American troops won't let them into the airport and, and it's, it's a humongous mess. And uh, people are being killed in the streets and beaten. This sounds a lot worse than it was in Saigon back in oh. the 70s. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and and then Biden's trying to say, well, this is a different circumstance, and we'll continue to protect our, uh, our democratic allies who we have mutual uh, agreement pacts with, like South Korea and Taiwan and NATO. He said uh, he said that these are democracies. Uh, these are uh, legitimate governments that have been formed and have made alliances and pacts and agreements with us, and we will honor those. You believe that? Mm, not really. <laughs> no, sir. No. No, I mean, you know, Ken, I know that you're a man of peace and you think we should change this at the polls, but I, I – I've got some different feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I still believe in the vote. Yes, I know you do, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay there with you, and I'm not going to do anything irrational. Well, I do irrational things all the time, but not anything that you're going to see on air. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and uh, keep the uh, civil war to a minimum. You know. Let's try to keep it to a minimum. But you know what? There's only one way you can deal with this kind of socio-fascism. Uh, you just you have to go in and you have to take them out. You can either boot them out of the country or lock them up or hang them or do whatever. But you, you can't let them roam around because you'll end up with what you have in, in Kabul. You'll end up with that kind of crazy chaos. Um, and it's 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 easy to see. Listen, we I, I, I disagreed with Trump. I disagreed with Bush uh, that when they said that we're not here to build nations. We should be nation building. If we're going to go in and defeat a regime like uh, Saddam Hussein's and commit troops and trillions of dollars, we should stay there and make sure that everything's in good working order before we leave and not even leave. Look, that worked better in Iraq than it did, of course, in Afghanistan. Of course, but we stayed longer and uh, yeah. there, was, uh, there was some rationality there. But uh, listen— we, we abandoned the Kurds. We did. The north. And we, I mean, this is craziness. Well, no one's going to no work with us anymore. No. We stayed in Japan. Japan's doing great. We stayed in South Korea. South Korea's doing no. great. We've stayed in Taiwan. Taiwan's doing great. We stayed in the Philippines until they said, get out. And then they started having trouble. Now they want us to come back. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, and we cleaned up Germany. So, I mean, we did pretty well there for a while. So what's happened? What's happened? We walked out half done in in, uh, in Korea. We we walked out when we were winning in Vietnam. 
uh, you know, the only thing that I can remember that we finished up was Grenada and Panama, and those were more, more like police actions. So we just don't have the political will. It's not that we can't win these wars. We just don't have the political will to stay there to win these wars. That's right, and that's what Cardinal Richelieu said. He said, great empires don't fall because they don't have power anymore. They, they fall because the people don't care anymore. They don't have the will. So we have to have the political will. And how do we get that back? I'm, I'm not sure because there are a lot of people that are convinced that we're an evil country because we had slavery at some point. My sisters are crazy over this. And I heard a, a, a really intelligent black guy on TV this morning who uh, had gotten involved with his kids because they're at home doing schoolwork because of the virus. And he started looking at this racial, uh, uh, whatever the theory is, what do they call it? Um, oh, the, um, yeah, the new thing. Um, yeah, the, it, it's slipped my mind here. Yeah, the, the, the theory. Yeah, the theory, the whatever. racial, you know, racial, critical racial theory. Yeah. Critical race. Critical race theory, yeah. And he said, he said, I'm not a victim. He said, I'm successful. Look at me. I'm living in a, you know, in a quarter million, half million dollar home. Uh, I've got a great job. And my kids are doing good in school. I'm not oppressed. I'm, you know, he was saying, this is just ridiculous. And they're teaching my kids or trying to teach my kids that they're disadvantaged or oppressed because they're black. They're not. They're Americans. They got the same, pro uh, the same possibilities as any other American. And so he made a big speech before the school board. Very articulate guy. I was impressed. And you know what? A lot of parents are getting involved now, and they should. Yeah. They should stand up and put an end to this nonsense. This has been going on way too long, way too long. I can't wait till my son gets his first paycheck and sees a third of it gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a big shock, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to adulthood. But I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's just a, 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 a nightmare. And you think about nation building and you say, well, we shouldn't nation build. Why not? Why should we invest trillions of dollars in manpower and then walk away and leave everything in chaos the way we, we found it when we went in? What's the point? Is there a point to this? No, apparently not, because it doesn't make any sense. Trillions and, and spent. And so you got you got thugs like Al Khalil, who or Al Rahman, who are uh, preaching on the streets of Kabul, and uh, and he's he's wanted by the United States government. There's a five million dollar bounty on his head, five million dollars, and we've made a deal to leave him alone hmm. as we get out of of, of uh, Afghanistan. And the Chinese are having problems. And the Pakistanis are having problems. You know, the Chinese had an attack. Uh, you, you know, they're in Pakistan helping build roads and highways, part of their, part of their, uh, part of their belt and, and bridge project that they're trying to build through Central Asia and work their way over to the Mediterranean. And uh, they've lost uh, a couple of people yesterday or the day before in a suicide attack by Pakistani al-Qaeda. You didn't know they were al-Qaeda in Pakistan, did you? I, I thought we pretty much wiped them out. <laughs> no, sir. No, they're still out there doing their thing, are they? Still out there. And a few weeks ago, uh, they blew up a bus and killed 14 Chinese nationals who were 
on their way to a dam site to do some work. Well, welcome to the party, China. Yeah, well, listen, there. like I've said over the past uh, few weeks, they're scared to death because they've got a mess now. And, and northern Pakistan is uh, basically a lawless area. The Pakistanis are having a militants attack their, their government now. So what's going to happen then? And you know what Pakistan's got? What's Pakistan? Oh, yes, they do. Absolutely, they do. They got the big ones. They got nuclear weapons. So we're putting... We're putting 21st century weaponry into the hands of Stone Age people. You better think about that, America. You better think about what we're doing. If you think that we should not be nation building and we should not be the policemen of the world, you're thinking wrong. You're, you're, you are way off base. Bush was wrong. Obama was wrong. Uh, Trump was wrong. Biden I don't know what Biden is. Biden's not right or wrong. Biden's not even there. He's, he's sleepy. That's all. He's just sleepy. He's uh, he's missing an action. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're talking. They're going to. They want him to resign, or they want to recall, or they want to impeach him. He's not going to leave. I mean, he's not going anywhere. This guy's as narcissistic as any other president. They're going to have to go in there and shoot his ass and drag him out by his heels. He ain't going. And the, you know the Senate's not going to impeach him. No, over. not a chance. No. There's not a chance. They're not going to find him guilty of any major crimes. I mean, come on. So what have we done? We've walked out of Vietnam. We've walked out of Korea half done. We've walked out of Afghanistan half done. We probably have left a little bit early in Iraq, but at least ISIS was under control. Guess who's coming back? ISIS. ISIS is back? They're training in Afghanistan. So we accomplished pretty much nothing. And Oh, oh my God. I'll, I'll have to throw this picture up before I, I get done with the, uh, with the show. But the banks in Afghanistan and Kabul, they're closed. And guess where everybody was keeping their money? Guess where businesses were making their payroll from? Because they were trusting the banks. You know, they weren't going to keep money in their safe and, and their businesses because... Who knows? I mean, it's a fairly lawless country still, even though Kabul may have come a long way. A, a lot of the country is lawless. I mean, think about Kandahar. All we're hearing about is Kabul. We don't know what's going on in Kandahar. I'll tell you what's going on. They're killing people on the streets. And so the banks are closed, and there's uh, people that are uh, amassing in front of the banks. They want to know what they're supposed to do. They don't have any money. And guess what comes along with no money uh, and, and no goods? Uh, no food? The, no food and, and, and inflation. Because if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got gasoline and some guy wants gasoline and some other guy wants it, what are you going to do? You're going to take the guy that's going to give you the low bid or the high bid? You're going to go with the high bid. Well, sure, every time. Every time. So you're going to have inflation. It's going to be rampant. And... Uh, it's 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 going, be Ven- it's going to be Venezuela with lots of guns. It's listen, we are walking out, and there's going to be utter destruction in this country. And Ken, I've been saying this for months. You know that we can't leave. We cannot walk out of these situations. We have to stay and finish the job. And you know, my my friend who's from Vietnam, my uh, nurse practitioner, nurse anesthetist friend, she said. 
we could have ended the war in Vietnam in, in three months. All we had to do was bomb Hanoi flat. It was simple. Didn't have the political will. We didn't have the political. We didn't have any. Uh, guess who was in charge then? The Democrats. Um, that was the LBJ, wasn't it? That was his war. And LBJ, that was their. And, and guess who decided not to run for president because he knew he'd screwed it up so bad? <laughs> it's LBJ, yeah. LBJ. <laughs> and, uh, and so then it fell to Richard Nixon, who was a smart guy and politically astute, crazy as a bed bug. But <laughs> he, I mean, he really was a smart guy and politically a stupid, uh, a Quaker in charge of a war. Uh, There's something, (laughs) they they don't go together. You know, he was a Quaker. I didn't know that, no. Nixon was a Quaker. He was raised a Quaker. (laughs) So he was supposed to be, I guess, a pacifist because Quakers are, they're the most pacifist. The Baha'is and the Quakers, they're probably the most pacifist of any uh, religious groups on the planet. Followed closely by the Hindus. And the well, he Jews. ordered a lot of uh, pretty intense bombing campaigns, so somewhere along the way he lost that Quakerism. Yep. And, and well, he bombed the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and he and he did some strategic bombing uh, in Hanoi, which brought the uh, North Korean, North Vietnamese to the negotiating table in Paris. But, uh, you know, that in and of itself tells you that all we had to do was bomb Hanoi flat, and it would have been over. Yeah. It would have been over in three months. They would have given up. They wouldn't have had any supplies. We could have cut off the supply lines uh, in, in the uh, Haiphong Harbor and the supply lines coming in from China. And uh, we could have cut off the uh, Ho Chi Minh Trail going down Cambodia, uh, side of, the, of their border. But we just didn't have the political will. And we don't have the political will here. And they're talking about all these American lives that have been lost in Afghanistan. You know how many people have died, how many soldiers have died in Afghanistan? That I don't know. How many? Under 2,500. So not even as many as, as um, the World Trade Centers? No. Not as, not as many as the World Trade Center. And, uh, and we've, we've got about 20,000 that are injured and, and have permanent disabilities. And most of those people are being taken care of. And we've got these uh, tunnels to towers and wounded warrior uh, um, charities that are doing a great job in helping them out. And they're they're worth giving some money to, and but uh, come on, we're two hundred and you know we're three hundred and forty million people now. Is that it? Three somewhere in there, yeah. Twenty five hundred. Now listen, I'm I'm not disrespecting those who have given their lives, but let's face it: if you go into the military and you believe in what you're doing and you go to fight, I mean, you you stand the chance of dying. Look at me. Every day for the past year and a half, I've been going into the hospital and taking care of patients with COVID. And before that, I was vaccinated, I was doing it. You know what, Ken? I'm, I put my life at risk. Yes, you did. And, and I'm not bragging. I mean, it's not something that, that I expect anybody to give me a pat on the back for. I did it because I wanted to. I did it because I... I truly believed that I had a part to play, and I truly believed that this was so so uh, interesting, fascinating, and demanding that I wanted and needed to be there on a full-time basis. And I was. And you didn't walk away in the middle and say, it's just no longer worth it. So. And I had an employee who, who walked out in the middle of it, and then she wanted to come back. You know what? If you desert your post in the middle of a battle, you ain't coming back and yeah. fighting on my side. <laughs> 
Good point. I can't yeah. trust it. What, what happens when something else comes up that, you, that you're afraid of and you run away? Then I'm all there alone? That's not going to work. you got to stay and man your post. And sometimes you die. Yeah. And we've had doctors and nurses who have died from this manning their post. And that's that's just part of the uh, risk of, uh, of being in this battle, this war against disease. And uh, it's the same with, with being in the military. So I regret that we've lost lives, but 2,500 people, come on. That's hardly enough to even write a, a, a footnote about. Now, that doesn't mean that the families aren't affected and that we don't feel for them and that they don't have... Uh, uh, intense emotions about their loved ones that they've lost, but Ken, this is war. This is this is not a tea party. This is a battle for the freedom of the world. And people say, "Well, we're, the world's not our problem." You know what? When an intercontinental ballistic missile can reach us in thirty minutes, the world's our problem. Yes, world's our problem. When a laser gun that's sitting sixty miles up in the atmosphere. Uh, and it's pointed down at the uh, at the uh, Washington Monument, and it can wipe it out in a, in a blink of an eye. It, it's it's not a it's not a big world anymore. No, when, those those two giant seas that protected us for all those decades no longer any good. No, and you know what? You got uh, you've got Afghanistan, which uh, was the base for the launch of the attack on the World Trade Centers. What do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to say, "Oh, the Americans are nice; they're leaving"? No, they're going back to work. They're going back to work. We just freed five thousand of their that's right, just soldiers. Unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, so we're getting near the end of the show, and I guess I've ranted and raved enough. And hopefully, well, someone rave a little more about the vaccine. I'm, they're not getting it, Doc. They're just not getting it yet. We got two right. minutes left. Listen, I've got I've ordered a whole bunch of doses. Um, we're going to give booster doses even before the FDA has a plan rolled out because if you wait for them, you'll probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get this. And if you haven't gotten the vaccine, and some people just don't trust going to you know a public place like a pharmacy or that, you can get it through us. We'll, we'll set you up. I'll let you know the details once I've got everything in place because there's some logistics to it. And I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Six four one one, and I want everybody to really take this seriously. I mean, this is a, if you don't care about yourself, care about me. <laughs> Let's make Doc's day a little easier. Yeah, you know, if you don't care about your family and your loved ones, care about the nurses in the ICU because are driving may, themselves crazy working. I mean, you may need them. Yeah, <laughs> you may be sick and say, "Wait a minute, who's taking care of me?" It'll be like uh, be like uh, Vietnam. Your family will be taking care of you. Your, your nurse will be your mother. All right, buddy. So I think we've hammered it pretty pretty heavily. And by the way, the Sarcoidosis Foundation, again, they are strongly encouraging everybody with sarcoidosis to get the shot, to get the vaccine. So don't say I've got an immune problem and I can't get it. This does not affect sarcoidosis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, all these things. If you have these diseases and you get the virus, you got a pretty good chance of not making it. Which, by the way, is fine with me because it's it's business for me. But but you're going to clog up the health care system and we don't want your sorry butts in there 
messing up everything. So get the vaccine, damn it. All right. All right, well, let's get out of here. I love you guys, and uh, I'll see you next week. Ken, you, you did another great job for me, buddy. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. See you next week, Doc. You too, Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.